I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. You have a solo episode with me tonight, so you lucky dogs. Just kidding. Um, so I'm recording this later on Monday night because honestly, this week just flew by and I kind of lost track of what day it was. I'm not going to lie. It's Labor Day today, so hope you guys had a great and safe and relaxing weekend. Um, I know we sure did. So tonight, you you just got me and Winnie. So we're here just chilling. Um, I, I kind of have an idea of what we're going to talk about tonight, but it could go off the rails. You never know. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll, so we'll see this might be like a 10 minute episode. I don't know. Well, we're just going to kind of wing it like we always do. But, um, anyway, hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my family this weekend, which is always great. Um, I got to see everybody. Um, we got to go up to my parents have a house on a lake. So we went up there and we just got to spend some time on the pontoon boat. Porter loves driving, (laughs) You can tell he's a first first grandchild because he's spoiled rotten. Um, he loves driving the pontoon boat. Loves it. He loves touching like the depth finder and stuff on there. Like this is my this is my dad's baby boat. Like this is his thing. Like if my dad loves fishing, he loves looking for fish, all this other stuff. So he has like a pretty good depth finder on there. And Porter just loves getting his fingers on it and pushing buttons. And somehow on Saturday, uh, he changed the map. So we were like in Memphis or something. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. This kid can maneuver technology like it's nobody's business. And he's one year old. So I'm he he's going to take over the world by the time he's three. I'm fully convinced he's going to like hack into like the nuclear warhead map or something off of his phone, <laughs> off my phone or something and just you know, just, just take over the world because he's, he's onto something here. So watch out. Um, so anyway, we did that for a couple days. We did that. Oh, I guess it was Sunday. Today is Monday. See, I don't even know what day it is now. (laughs) Uh, we just got back from there just a little while ago. Um, so Porter and I went back up there today to see my parents and my brother. Um, again, we just went out on the boat, just kind of relaxed and hung out and got to just spend some time together. So it was good. Um, came home and Dan made us some chicken wings on the grill. He got a new grill for his birthday, um, which he's pretty excited about. I'm pretty excited too, because he has been making some good stuff on there lately. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just a really good time. Um, and I got to spend some time with my grandma this weekend too. She lives literally right across. I'm looking at her house from my house right now, but she came over, um, one of these nights. I don't know what night, doesn't matter. Uh, for for supper and she loves Porter like the bond that they have together is just so crazy (laughs) I think out of everyone in my family I'm most like my grandma which is my mom's mom and um I don't just like the way Porter connects with her too it's so cute uh anyway she was over one of the nights for supper Dan made some uh barbecue no he made like buffalo chicken sliders on the grill and smoked them they're really good it was just like king hawaiian rolls with some chicken and like he made some buffalo sauce and then he put um melted butter in a pack of like the hidden ranch dressing on top of it 
and it was really good. And my grandma came over and, and uh, she made some chicken and broccoli soup. So we had that. And Porter was in his high chair just babbling. Like he's going through that phase where he's not saying like cohesive words. He's just kind of babbling. And my grandma started laughing and she's like, when you were that age, you would just, you would just talk everybody's ear off. And we always wondered what you were going to end up saying when you could put your words together. And because we thought you just had your own language, you would just go on and on and on. And I was like, so it shouldn't be a surprise to any of you that I have my own, like I'm doing a podcast (laughs) right now. And she said, no, no surprise at all. So who knows, maybe in a couple of years, Porter will be taking over forward farming, maybe with Jackson or something. Um, and Beck and I can just retire and, and turn it over to the kids. Um, so yeah, it was just good time. Good time. So hope you guys also had a good time this weekend. Um, so in, oh my gosh, we, we, and by we, I mean, not me. <laughs> and to start watching Frost this weekend, it's, um, the summer is officially over when we don't take weekend shifts for irrigating anymore and we're back on frost watch. So what that means, if you're, ooh, I'm so sorry, my phone just buzzed. Um, so if you haven't heard me talk about this before, but um, when I talk about frost watch, uh, that just means when it gets cold and we're at risk for um, having frost out here, we have to turn our irrigation on. Uh, to protect the plants and now the fruit from uh, freezing up um, when it gets cold at night basically and the difference between that and irrigation nothing other than the temperature so again we just run our irrigation to water the plants and then to keep the frost from sticking on them so now that it is past labor day um, the guys stop taking weekend shifts so usually like all through the summer um, Dan would be on with another one of our hired guys. They'd have, um, one weekend and then we have two other guys that would be on another weekend the following weekend. And then they just take turns going back and forth that way. Um, so they don't do like their normal shifts like we do in the spring and in the fall now. Um, so if it gets cold, um, so we have, uh, four different shifts throughout the night for frost watch. So from whenever it gets dark until like midnight and then from midnight until two o'clock is another shift, two o'clock to four o'clock and then four o'clock until whenever it warms up, um, in the morning. So now we're back on the shift rotation. So that means that Dan is going to be getting up every day at like four o'clock, uh, quarter to four, whatever, um, checking temperatures and then getting up if it's cold enough to start the the irrigation pumps up so um that means fall is here (laughs) and that means harvest is right around the corner I think we are going to be starting our early harvest September 19th which is in like (laughs) two weeks (laughs) almost I guess three weeks whatever but it's coming up um so I think um we'll just be doing that for a week ish if all goes well and then um we have a break and then we have the cranberry festival which is the last full weekend in september and then um we'll be starting our full harvest like the first part of october and then that goes all the way through um usually halloween is our last day of harvest or what we shoot for it to be um our last day of harvest so we've we're we're getting there (laughs) um so kind of leading up to harvest this is this is what we're going to talk about is like 
getting ready for harvest, everything leading up to it. Um, so like I said, we're back on our frost protection. So it's really important that we, now that we have the fruit now is a time that, I mean, the size is already there. We're just really protecting the fruit from any frost damage. Um, we're done fertilizing, so we're not too concerned about growing the berry, um, any larger. It's, it's pretty much where we need it to be. We're just protecting the fruit until, um, it's ready to be harvested. So, uh, like the reason why cranberries grow really well in Wisconsin is because we have the sandy acidic soil. Um, we have quite a bit of water, which they need again for irrigation and frost protection. Uh, and we're in a marshy area, so we have a high water table. So those roots of the cranberry plant are pretty close, um, to the water since they are kind of dug the the beds where they grow in are dug down into the ground which allows um, the roots to be closer to the water table basically so they're kind of always just damp and uh i didn't i didn't say moist because i know some people don't like that word (laughs) so i'll try not to say moist again um anyway (laughs) so uh they need the water and then they also really need all four seasons um, to really go through the plant life cycle since they are a perennial plant. So right now, they during the summer, they need those hot summer days to grow um, the fruit. So there's enough energy from the, coming from the plants to grow the fruit. And now they need like the warm summer days um, to continue supporting the plant. And they also need those cold nights to turn that deep dark red color so cranberries when they first start growing they're kind of like a, a pale green and then once they're exposed to the sun um, since they are pale I mean they're from Wisconsin you got to be pale to live here and they get uh, exposed to the sun and then they turn they get pretty much sunburned so they get kind of like that blush pink color and the longer they're exposed to the sun, kind of the more red they start to turn. And then they also, so then they turn kind of like a sunburned color. And then they need those cold nights to turn that really deep, dark red cranberry color that you're used to seeing um, in the grocery store when you go to buy fresh fruit. So they really need, they really need that um, to get their color. So, but that doesn't mean that if you go to the store and you go and you um, buy fresh fruit, if you happen to find a white berry in the bag, that doesn't mean that it's not ripe. Um, it just means that it hasn't been exposed to the cold weather to turn that dark red color. So uh, the way that you can tell the ripeness of a cranberry isn't by the skin color, it's by the seed color inside. And you can also tell um, how the crop is that year like how well the plant was pollinated by how many seeds are inside the berry too so if the plant was really uh, pollinated um, or if there's like a really good crop that year there tends to be more seeds inside of the fruit than um, if it's not a great year so a little fun fact for you Um, so yeah right now um, we're just kind of keeping an eye on everything make sure it's not getting too cold out and then we're kind of starting our harvest prep right now so what that entails, uh, so now that we're all done fertilizing, if you saw like a couple, I don't know when this was, maybe the end of June or like the beginning of July, um, on my Instagram feed, I did a reel where I was collecting soil samples. Um, and we do this every year. So I go out with a little, um, like a, a, a probe and I walk through, um, 
a handful of different beds and I step on this probe, pull it up, and then I get like this big long tube of soil and I collect that soil, mix it into a bag um, after walking um, all across the bed, getting different quadrants of the bed, collect that soil, put it in a bag, and then I send it off to go get tested so we can see like what nutrients are in our soil if we're really high in anything. Um, so for the next year, we can kind of uh, balance our, our fertilizer application according to what our soil sample says. And we, we do the same thing with tissue um, now. So I'm going to be doing that tomorrow, actually. I'm going to be walking through, I think it's the same beds that we collect uh, soil samples from. I want to say so it's different varieties that I'm walking through with the bed, the entire bed, again, different quadrants. And I have a paper bag and a pair of scissors and I just clip off the tops of the vines, um, like the top leafy canopy of the vine. I throw that all into a bag and then again, I send it off to get um, uh, to a lab to get like nutrient readings off of it. So again, we can see if um, like there's abundance in the soil, um, if that's like correlating to the plant health and yada yada. So you can kind of get a better nutrient plan, a nutrition plan for the following season. So then that way it helps us know like how much fertilizer we need to be buying ahead of time, especially with the way that the prices are now. We don't want to be buying too much and having extra at the end of the season. And and we just want to make sure everything is, um, that we're taking as best care of the land as, as we can. So making sure we don't have too much of anything or, or not enough of something to support the plants and, and also be, um, as sustainable as possible. So, um, I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. And then I think within the next week, we are going to be doing color samples as well. So what that means is, um, we, all of our fruit is contracted through ocean spray. So, um, ocean spray is a grower owned co-op. Uh, if you didn't know that, there you go. Um, so they, uh, I don't, I don't want to talk about like pricing too much, but they, they pay us based off of like our color of the fruit. So they don't want, all of our fruit goes in for processing. So that means, um, all of our juice or all of our fruit goes in for like cranberry juice or sauces or, um, sweet and dried cranberries, uh, everything except fresh fruit. That's an entirely different harvest process. Um, they're grown just a little bit differently. So we're not equipped to do fresh fruit. We, we chose not to do that. Everything that we do is for processed, um, so they want those really, uh, they want like the, the deep dark red color. So if we don't meet like the color standard that they have set, um, we, we don't get paid as much if then if we like meet, you know, like if we don't reach the color, we don't get paid as well. And if we don't, if we exceed the color, like if it's too dark, uh, borderline like rotting almost, then we also don't get paid what we would if it were within the normal ranges. So, um, usually like a week or two before, like a week before our planned harvest date, we will go out and, um, uh, hand rake a small batch, like a a gallon Ziploc bag full of fruit. Um, and then we send that into ocean spray. They test it for us. They test the color quality and then they give us a call back usually within like an hour or two and say like, oh, here's your numbers um, and do with that what you will. So uh, I think we'll start doing that next week maybe. Uh, And then um, that's usually my dad's 
job. Like he, my dad's been doing that for a really long time. He, he's a pro hand raker. If you've, if you've never seen a hand rake, it's pretty much like this big, um, it's like a, a, a box, like a crate and on the front of it, there's metal teeth. Um, it's kind of like a hairbrush, I guess, if you, if you want to think about it that way. So it's like got the teeth and then they, uh, it just goes right into a crate and then it has these big like loopy handles on top. And that's how we used to harvest cranberries a hundred years ago, back when our marsh was first going. That's how everybody would harvest cranberries. They would just hand rake everything, like just stand in a spot and, and just go to town. And I, I have no idea how they did that without their backs just falling off. I no idea. It's, it's really hard work. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I could ever do that. Um, but anyway, so my dad, he, he's like a pro hand raker and he's going to be teaching Dan how to start doing that. So if you could send all of your thoughts and prayers to Dan as he learns from my dad how to do this very important job. <laughs> if you work with your dad, I think you can probably understand the pressure that he's going to be under for this job. Uh, like it's hard for it's hard to pass on those jobs and responsibilities but it's got to be done and uh, I think he'll be happy I think he'll my dad will be happy knowing that he doesn't have to do this anymore because it's it's not the most fun thing um so that's on our list and then it's just kind of a bunch of prep getting all of our equipment ready to go making sure everything's in all like the everything is maintenance up on their maintenance so all of the oil is changed like all the filters are changed in like the tractors um like our our main harvest tractor the harrow the one that collects like that combs the that replaced the handbrake um making sure that that's all good to go making sure that we're not going to have any like oil leaks or anything making sure that um since that tractor is in the water next to the fruit that there's an emergency kit on that tractor so a spill kit um so just in case there is any oil that happens to leak out of the tractor there's um that oil absorbing i don't know there's like a big roll of paper towel that absorbs oil really well um making sure there's enough of that like there's a first aid kit in there making sure there's tools all this other stuff um so making sure that's fully stocked and then making sure our berry pump um, which is kind of like the vacuum that sucks all of the cranberries up out of the water and uh, picks it up and, and it goes into the back of a semi-truck. I don't know if you guys have seen a picture of this yet. This is why it would be handy if we had like a, a blog or something that correlated with uh, the podcast. I could just be like, oh, go to this picture on our website. Maybe that's a, that's a future us project uh not today but if if you guys want to see a picture of this berry pump um shoot me a message or i'll try to post it on my instagram this week showing what it looks like but it's basically uh like a big vacuum that sucks all the berries up out of the water and then it brings it up into a tube and it uh goes in over a semi truck and the fruit all gets collected into a semi truck and then from there it goes straight to ocean spray so within 48 hours, uh, the fruit goes from being harvested off of the vine, collected, um, brought to Ocean Spray, uh, cleaned there again, and then into a cooler at Ocean Spray, and then it will stay there until it's ready to be processed. So um, kind of the way that it works for Ocean Spray, we have a receiving plant that's, I don't know, maybe 15 miles, that might be generous, from our house. 
Um, so as soon as uh, we collect the berries out of the bed, as soon as like we have a full semi truck, um, we go and we drop that off kind of near our shop area. And we have a trucking company that will come pick up the trailer, bring it to Ocean Spray for us. And then uh, once they have a full trailer, it goes on a scale at Ocean Spray before it gets dumped. So we get like a going in weight. And then um, the truck goes up to like this lift and there's a big giant pool beneath this truck lift. So the truck gets lifted up, all of the fruit gets dumped into like this big pool. Um, And then when the truck leaves, uh, the truck gets weighed again. So then you get your berry weight um, from the time it comes in to the time it goes out, you know get rid of the truck weight (laughs) and then um once all the fruit is cleaned and then we get kind of like the the official berry number after they get rid of any extra um fruit that wasn't up to their size standard color standard or if there's like extra turtle or something that might have got stuck in there uh, they take that weight out as well and then we're left with just like the the weight that they kept and that's what we get paid off of is um that so we measure cranberries in barrels um as a weight number uh so that's 100 pounds of cranberries are in one barrel and we typically get i want to say like three to four hundred barrels of cranberries per acre um so if you want to do the math we have 230 acres of cranberries so between three and four hundred barrels per acre that's about how many cranberries we we produce in a year so it's a few um so yeah so we have just trucks constantly coming in and out of our property um picking up trailers sending them to ocean spray and back and we usually get our numbers we can check that online now which is really slick we can see like and then we have to go through and double check our numbers as well um, to make sure everything's kind of correlating like, oh, this bed, like I remember this one didn't perform as well as this one. So yeah, like these numbers are kind of matching up um, because sometimes there are accidents and and we just want to make sure that everything is, is all good. So got to double check everything, make sure um, everything is lining up. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how... Uh, our side of thing works. Um, so we got to make sure all of our, yeah, we just have to make sure everything's up and running properly. And, uh, what else do we have to get ready? Um, we have like our cranberry boom, which is the, like, um, that's what we use to corral all the cranberries to make sure that they all kind of stay in one area while we're picking them up. So if you've ever seen a picture um like on my feed from harvest it's it's a yellow boom is what we call it it's a cranberry boom and it's it's the same product that uh companies use during oil spills in the ocean to corral the oil um so it's kind of like this it's like a floating I don't it's like a it's a corral I don't know how else to explain it it's flexible um so the way that it works for us so after all of the fruit has been picked off of the vines, we add in um, more water. So when we when we're picking the cranberries off of the vines, we have about like six to eight inches of water in in the bed at the time. So just barely covering like the vine tips, and uh, that water kind of acts as a deterrent, uh, like as a cushion 
for the tractor to drive on the vines without it um, really damaging the vines too much. So that water, it kind of displaces the weight of the tractor on the vines. It kind of like pushes the vines out of the way almost of the treads um, or the tracks of the tractor. Does that make sense? So the water, it just helps cushion the tractor that's driving out there. Um, and then we add more water after all of the cranberries are off of the vine. So that way all of the cranberries um, are able to float up above the vines without getting caught in them. So we add about 24 inches of water total. And then we have um, two tractors that will corral the cranberries with this cranberry boom. So this is where it gets kind of confusing. So stick with me here. On the back of these tractors, we have these giant reels, uh, like a big, like a big, you know, like thread, like that kind of a, a thimble. No, not a thimble, like a, <sighs> collect your thoughts, Amber. It's like <laughs> this big giant reel that's on the back of this tractor, right? And we wind up this cranberry boom on this reel. So there's about, this cranberry boom is broken into 100 foot chunks. Okay, so each reel can hold like 800 feet of this cranberry boom and the other tractor does the same thing. So it can also hold like 800 feet of cranberry boom on the back of its tractor. Okay, so we have all the berries knocked off of one bed. We have the water up ready to go. So these two tractors will kind of back their butts up together in one corner of the bed and one tractor will stay stationary for this part and the other tractor... Um, we'll take boom from the opposite tractor, hook it onto the front of his tractor on his driver's side. Okay, are you, are you with me? So he's taking the boom from the opposite tractor, hooking it to his tractor, and then he will start driving. Um, and he has, they both have pretty much like hair dryers on the side of their tractors on their driver's side on um one on the driver's side, one on the passenger side. So it's blowing um, out into the water and it pushes all the cranberries away from the bank. So that cranberry boom that they're pulling can kind of just slide right in on the bank and corral every single cranberry. So you can move that hair dryer, you can move up and down um, side to side, just so you can really accurately get all the cranberries and uh, one tractor will start driving, uh, making his way to the opposite corner. Um, and you have to kind of gauge what the crop is like in that bed to determine how much cranberry boom you need before you start going. So say um, you need like 700 feet for this bed. So the tractor driver that's staying stationary, he counts off like how many um, strips of this boom are going out. And he'll say like once we get to when he's approaching the seventh one, he'll wave his arm so that tractor driver will stop his tractor, put it in park, and then the tractor driver that remains stationary, he will unclip the boom from the back of his reel, hook it up to his tractor, and then he will start driving um, the opposite side of the cranberry bed that the other tractor was driving and kind of um, meet in one corner, usually in the opposite corner that they start in. So say they start in the southeast corner, they want to go to the northwest corner and meet. Um, and then once the two tractor drivers are parallel to each other, um, then they take off driving at the same time. I hope you guys are keeping up with this. It's kind of confusing the more I'm talking. Um, and, and they all just meet in one corner. 
they'll take that cranberry boom off from their tractors, stake it into the ground. So then when we come through with the berry pump uh, to pick up the fruit, that fruit uh, that's been corralled is all nice and tight in one circle. And we can um, just pull that cranberry boom and move that circle tighter the more fruit that we pick up um, with, with the berry pump. So it's going in the back of the truck. So I hope that makes sense. Anyway, what I was getting at is we have to make sure <laughs> that uh, all that cranberry boom is in good shape, that there's no holes or tears or nothing's damaged too much in them. Um, and if it is, then we have to patch it up, uh, just make sure everything is is looking good. And we also check all of our hip boots um, to make sure that there's no holes in them because there's not a worse surprise than walking into a bed and then discovering a hole in your boot and you just have a soaking wet leg for the rest of the day. It's not a good way to start harvest. So um, going through all of our boots, making sure everything is patched up. If it, a boot is patched up, making sure that, that patch is holding. Um and just, you know, making sure everybody's happy and, and, and healthy before harvest starts. Uh, so right now we're also kind of looking for extra harvest help. So during the year we have um, full-time people. So there's um, my dad, there's Dan, uh, there's me sometimes. I'm not going to count myself this year. I have a, My cousin is out here as well. And then... Um, three other full-time employees. So that's seven with me. Um, my mom, my mom too, uh, doing stuff, uh, like book work and stuff. So seven to eight people full-time. And during harvest, I want to say we go from seven, um, to like 15. So we double our, our crew. So right now we're kind of looking for extra people to help us with irrigation pipe, pulling that out of the water, um, because when we harvest, we take out like all of our sprinklers, all of our irrigation pipe, just because we don't want one, uh, that to get damaged during the harvest process, like with, uh, picking the fruit and everything that's getting drugged through there. We don't want any of that to get damaged because that's a real bugger to replace. We also pull out our irrigation pipe, um, our aluminum pipe, uh, because we don't want any water in there. That's going to freeze over the winter. So that's kind of the worst job ever out here is pulling the pipe out during harvest because it's full of water it's usually cold when you're doing that and you have to carry it from usually like the center of the bed to the side of the bed throw it up over the ditch and then go through and straighten it all out and hook it up and it's just it's very tedious and not very fun whereas the sprinklers um you can just kind of unscrew them because we have underground pipe in our newer in our newer bed, so all we have to do is just unscrew the sprinklers, um, throw it in the sled that we pull behind us, and then just move on to the next one. A little bit easier, um, saves your back a little bit <laughs> instead of pulling the pipe. So right now we're trying to find extra help um, f so we can have some extra bodies to do that for us. And then also um, we need extra help for like the pickup area where we're picking up the fruit we need people for that we need people to drive tractors that are pulling the cranberry boom um so we're we're looking for extra help for that which is getting harder and harder to find um <laughs> so that's fun uh we kind of make a game out of it though and um my it got to the point where my parents are like okay whoever can find help i want to say they're giving us like <laughs> 50 or 50 dollars for every person that we can find so if you're in my area and you want to help with cranberry harvest, let me know. 
uh, I would appreciate the extra cash. <laughs> and I promise it's a good time. You'd, you'd have lots of fun and, and you get fed some really good food too, which brings me to my next point is how uh, we prep for harvest like personally. <laughs> um, this is all kind of new to me is like being a farmer and then coming home and being like, oh God, like I just worked harvest and now I don't have anything to eat. Like that's, that's hard. So, um, what I did last year is I went to Sam's club and I think I talked about this last year on the podcast on how awful of an experience I had at Sam's club with my pot pie. Oh, if you remember that, it was a very traumatizing day. Like I could tell you what I was wearing, what happened, series of events that led up to this. Um, but, uh, so I'm trying this year to find a couple of meals that would be good freezer meals. Um, because if, if even following along, like I've been trying to cook more, I'm trying to eat healthier, um, trying to figure out like what's going on in my body, how I can kind of regulate it. Um, after, after Porter, uh, trying to get everything back on track. And, and for me that involves like eating better, um, not eating so much processed stuff and just not trying to be a a garbage pail. So I'm trying to find like recipes that I think would be good to throw in the freezer. That would be easy to warm up, um, take out in the morning and, and throw in the oven. So I've got a couple recipes that I'm going to start. I, gosh, I should probably start doing this soon. Um, that I can just put in like those aluminum pans and then just throw it in the freezer and worry about it later. So, um, that's kind of what we're doing right now, uh, is looking for stuff like that. That's just easy, easy to reheat. And then, um, Sam's club is also really great. If you, I don't have a Costco near me, so I'm sure that would work as well. But last year we experimented with some Sam's club meals because like, if you've never been to a Sam's club, or Costco, you should definitely go if you're a farmer or whatever. Uh, (laughs) Or if you have a family, like a larger family and you need like larger things, that's great. Uh, But last year, my mom was just ranting and raving about how great this pot pie is from Sam's Club. And it's so big and it's only like $20 or something. And they ate it for like an entire week. So I went to Sam's Club, like freshly postpartum. And I was like, I am going to get this pot pie. It might like my mom made it sound like heaven on earth. And I was, I told her I would grab her one if I, if I found them and, uh, I got there and there was only one pot pie left. And I'm like, suck it, mom. It's for me. Like, I'm going to enjoy this all by myself. And, uh, I get that and I get some enchiladas. They were really good too. And I don't remember what else I got, but I know I got the enchiladas and the pot pie and I'm walking back out to my car and I'm like, ah, I'm so proud of myself. I got this pot pie and I unloaded everything into my car and then I had this pot pie and it fell from my hands and it was just like one of those slow motion things and I was like, no, and I went to go grab it and it flipped and exploded all over my car and it was just a mess and I left and I remember backing out of my parking spot and like very close came to crying because I had to back out over my pot pie. And I just remember seeing like <laughs> carrots and peas just flying everywhere and it was very devastating. So anyway, um, if you're new at like being 
a farmer or a farm wife or whatever during harvest and you need uh, meal ideas, um, go to Sam's Club, go to Costco, get some of that. Like they have pulled pork that's ready to go. Like they just have a bunch of really good like pre-made meals and they're usually pretty big and and not super expensive. Um, So that's kind of been my go-to. I've also been experimenting um, and finding like some healthier website options. Let me see if I can find it. I know like uh, Half-Baked Harvest has been kind of my go-to for um, a lot of my fun recipes are kind of a pain in the butt and um, with like the amount of ingredients you need, but I don't think I've ever experienced anything bad from there. And it's all like I, that's what I started to like quote unquote learn to cook from was her um, so Half-Baked Harvest is a really good website to go to if you're looking for like hearty, good meals. Um, not always like the healthiest, but not anything that's ever like really bad for you either. So it's kind of like a good middle ground. Um, another website that I've been finding some good stuff um, is therealfooddietitians.com. Um, so they have like a lot of stuff that you can just marinate ahead of time. Um, a lot of, a lot of like grilling stuff. Um, they have some hot dishes in there too. If you're from the Midwest and you like, like me have no idea what to throw together for a hot dish. Like they had a taco hot dish that we made a couple of times now that we like Dan and Porter and I both really like, um, where else? Um, there's one more website. It's called ahead of time, like that, like T H Y M E.com. Um, also get some really good recipes from there as well. So those have been kind of like my go-to, um, uh, websites to find some like quick and easy recipes that are, are filling, but still not going to make you feel like garbage after you eat it too. So kind of just depends if you're, if you're looking for something that's not like takeout, uh, all the time they have, those are, those might be some good options for you. I don't know. I don't know what you like to eat, but that's like what we like to do. Um, so during harvest, like we, we basically eat like two meals a day depending. Um, so like I'm, I've never been a big breakfast person. I, I, don't really enjoy breakfast foods. Don't at me. <laughs> like I, I, I'm not a big fan of eggs or pancakes or waffles like that just doesn't get me excited. I'm never craving it. Never sounds good to me. Um, so when I do have breakfast, I'm doing like a smoothie or like yogurt bowls or something like that. Um, so in the mornings during harvest, like I'm not, I'm just not super hungry. So I'll grab like a protein shake or make myself a small smoothie and then by 10 o'clock, um, usually my mom or my grandma or my aunt, they will bring us a 10 o'clock break, which is essentially like a lunch for us. So every day um, is something different. They have a calendar. Like I think we only get the same thing like once or twice during the month. So it's it's always something new. So it's either like breakfast sandwiches or um, they started doing lasagna or like chili dogs or, you know, stuff like that, something that's usually warm, um, and portable, uh, like walking tacos, you know, it's always something, always something different. Um, so I, I usually know, uh, the schedule, the food schedule ahead of time. 
And if it's something where I'm like, you know, I'm like, my stomach is just not feeling chili dogs this week. Like I've, I've eaten like, you know, when you just don't feel like you should be eating more things like chili dogs and you're like, mm, I always make sure I have like a trail mix or like almonds or something that I know will make me feel good after eating them. Um, I usually put them in my coat pocket or I just throw it to my mom. I'm like, Hey, can you take this out for me today instead? I am a little demanding in that sense, I guess. But, um, it just, I just helps me feel better. And the only downside to this is I can't really drink a lot of water throughout the day because we don't, I can't take a bathroom break. Like I can't just like be like, okay, sorry guys. Like, hold on, hold on. Let me go run to the bathroom quick. So I can't drink a lot of water. So I, I'm purposely like dehydrating myself this entire month. And I try to get my water in from like the time I get home until I go to bed. <laughs> and that's like my water consumption for the day. Not the greatest idea, but I mean, ladies, you do what you got to do. I can't, it's either that or I can just wear a diaper, I guess. Um, maybe I think I still have some left over. Maybe I should just do that. I'll report back later. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I don't want to think about it. Um, but anyway, that's kind of how I prepare myself. And then like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of standing. It's a lot of long days on my feet. So I also have like the stretching routine, um, that I'll do at night or in the mornings, kind of depending on what my body's feeling like. So, um, make sure my back is nice and stretched out. Make sure I'm not like just super stiff and uncomfortable the entire time because I do like to work out at night. Um, and I, I know I won't be feeling up to that during harvest. So to still keep me like mobile, um, I do some different stretches and stuff to help keep me, keep me functional. Um, like cat camel stretches, not like full on yoga session, but just like enough to keep like my hips and my back. I sound, this is 30. Welcome to 30. I got to do some stretches to make sure I'm not going to hurt myself the next day. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of like our harvest prep from everything from like equipment wise to food wise to like body prep, I guess. I don't know. I also make sure that my clothes still fit because, you know, a lot has changed in a year and and stuff doesn't fit the way that it used to. So if I need to buy a larger shirt, I'm going to buy a larger shirt and only feel bad about it for a day or two. And then (laughs) Uh, it's fine. It's all fine. It's great. Anyway, so that's kind of like our harvest prep in a nutshell. Um, So with that being said, if you guys are starting harvest, if you've already started harvest, I hope everything goes smoothly as possible for you guys. I hope it's a bumper crop. I hope everything just exceeds your expectations this year. Um, And and please stay safe out there. We're actually going to be doing an episode all about farm safety coming up pretty soon, um, which I'm really excited about. with the timing of everything. So keep an eye out for that. If you are looking for more farm safety tips, especially if you have kids, this is going to be a really great episode. Um, and don't forget you guys, I, I'm really excited. When is it? November? It's coming up. It's coming up November 5th. If you are not signed up, if you are in the Midwest area, if you're in Wisconsin, make sure that you are signed up for Annalise at Mod Farm Chick. She's having a, um, modern farm chick, mastermind 
in lacrosse and if you guys haven't signed up for that yet make sure you do that really soon i think she is closing her ticket sales pretty soon so again go to mod farm chick on her instagram page click the link in her bio and she has a link that's called mastermind dinner for modern day farm chick Um, click on that snag a ticket and come hang out with us for the evening because it's going to be a lot of fun i'm really excited to see all the people that are coming there so if you're going let me know um i'd love i'd love to hear from you um and i'd love to hear your feedback let you mean guys (laughs) goodness let me know if you guys have started harvest yet when you're starting harvest um if you have any tips tricks for me uh, with any meals or anything, I'm always open to suggestions. And if you want to hear some of the recipes that I found that I'm going to be stocking up on for this year, I can absolutely let you guys know of that too. Keep an eye out for that on my Instagram channel. Maybe I'll add links. Um, my Instagram channel. Good grief. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, it's definitely late at night. I need to go to sleep. So with that being said, <laughs> Thank you guys for listening through this ramble. Hope you guys had a great safe weekend and we'll see you next week. Bye.